1: Saturday morning and here come the girls Ray and Faye with Let's Talk Gardening
0: And good morning gardening friends We are ready to go The sweet Bev Daring awaits your phone calls and the not so sweet hard taskmaster is John Glidden is also standing by 94841927 is our number and you can email us as well. We we like to receive emails, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Big shout out to Chris Bartlett for his lively breakfast performance, Always Guaranteed, accompanied by vibey music. And Chris was supported today by the equally vibey Yvonne Hill. Cycling DJ Jim Crinan wrapped up the brekkie show with his cycling report. And Jim does return at 10am today with the classic 70s. We're getting our value for money out of Jim Crinan, out of all these boys actually, I think. These days they all work very, very hard for the station. And today's program is sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery when buying six bags or more. Search Garden in a Bag. Okay, Fair Cara, good morning. I'm done. You've,
2: you've put me on the spot here, Ray. Why? I'm trying to make a list of the plants that I can remember I got last Saturday. You
0: do I get I know you'll always say to me, What is it called? What did you buy? And I'm I go blank, I don't remember, you know. <laughs> and so it's your turn. Well I went to, you went to John Visca's after the show I last did. week. You went to his house and you got lots of cuttings. I did. And I, I asked you you better share what you've got. And then you said, I haven't even planted the ones I bought the week before at the, at the fair. And I know, isn't... but I've done lots of other things in my defence. Of course. <laughs> so,
2: well, I have made a, a little list and it's terrible. I hope John's not listening because he actually said to me that when he comes to my place, he will be testing me. Oh. Now, he has got a lot of unusual plants. And so I, like I, that. I got a whole lot of things that I don't even know what they are. Yeah. You know, they're not on my radar. So I will have to go back to the drawing board and do my research. Homework. But yeah. I, I can tell you a few things. One is an oxalis that has a very big leaf. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Ray. I'm still coming around to to plants that are in the spotlight now that. We once knew as weeds
0: Um, I love them Mm. Yeah, I love them contained in pots I have uh, an oxalis And I'm looking to increase that And get a few different variants Well this has got a leaf Almost Half the size of a tennis ball So it's
2: quite quite large So I've planted that Should
0: should do very well You did put it in the ground I did, I put it near a bird bath See I wouldn't have probably done that Well I trust him Okay, so he said it's all right. Well,
2: it's it must be desirable, mustn't it? You would think, and a euphorbia, which mm. you know, it's another one that has been on my radar as a weed, but I don't think that these ones are because people are, are growing them all over the place. You see, I like euphorbias
0: so, as well. Well, mm. I, I've got one of those,
2: and it's got a a bigger flower. It's got the limey green contrast. Um, so that's another one. I have an orange bellaria from John as a plant and it's one that I haven't seen before. So that's something different. Uh, some succulents, gasterias. Oh, yes. A little bulb with a gorgeous apricotty orange flower. A lovely double pink pretty daisy. A mm. couple of aroids, mouse plant. Yeah, the mouse plant. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. Uh, Two different agaves with stripes.
0: Oh well, I'll take mine back <laughs> off you now. Now that I
2: oh, know. No, it I you. need. I need to, you know, keep adding to my collection, uh, and a geranium from the eighteen hundreds, and it's a an ivy leaf geranium, and it's got mauve in the leaf. So oh, that I'm keen to mm. see. Keen so I've got on. a little cutting of that, so that should do well. That they're all fascinating. They're, I went home and I potted them all up. That afternoon the grandkids came in said nanny you're making a mess on the kitchen table what Mm. are you doing Mm. well this has to be done it has to be done now i've also got some plants in water there is a trade scantia which um common name is wandering jew Mm. this is a a variegated variety and john is naming viscovar so it's green and white and it's uh, adapted in his garden mm. so mm. that's a, a pretty special one also Kentranthus or valerian which is white so I pop them into the ground you know hope, hopefully they're they a do gap all right
0: filler. they're a gap filler yeah well
2: I've got a lot of gaps mm. yeah. and if they'll smother the weeds I'll be pretty happy, happy, happy with days. that so yes I, I did did my best with them when I got home you've
0: done well you've done well it's quite a haul
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better than going to a friend's garden and seeing things that you you don't get anywhere else. Now, there's another couple of plants. One is a rooted piece and it has like an almost poppy leaf but jagged, jagged leaves. Bluey grey grows up tall and it has a... Like a shrimp type flower. Oh,
0: I've got that. Mm, what's mm. that called? Yeah, that. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yes, I've
0: I got mentioned some... it last week actually, but I had oh. it written down. Yeah.
2: And I did. I went back through the podcast and mm. I wrote down the names that you gave oh, me. Oh, really? So, so they're on my radar now. And and one of them, of course, you called it by its botanic name, and it was the the purple Queen Anne's lace.
0: Yes, mm. yes,
2: so Oh, it's a bit tricky, isn't it, all it's, these names?
0: It, it is very, very tricky. I like to go by the common name. It's it's oh so much easier. Now tell us about the show today.
2: Oh, well, we've got a couple of special soon. guests. Yeah. And of course, it's the long weekend. As well.
0: King's um, birthday. feels
2: weird saying that. Why, I had to sort of wrap my tongue around hang that. Hang on a minute. Why is it the King's birthday?
0: Well, whose birthday would you like it to be?
2: Well, the Queen... Had her birthday. Mm. Pretty sure her birthday is around the same time as
0: mine.
2: Mm. Um, oh, early October. Yeah. And I know they've moved it around a bit, but mm. his birthday is probably a different time of the year. Of
0: course, of course. This so is shouldn't how, they, if, they? I don't. Well, what adjust do. the calendar.
2: You well. can't call it the King's birthday. Well, it's stu- it's being it's, called that. Oh, that's silly! You know, yeah. Well, there oh, you go. They shouldn't mess with things.
0: <laughs> shouldn't mess with with history. Yes. So exactly. no. anyway, you know, oh, a long weekend. People will take it. You know, it's just nice to have the extra day, and the weather's looking fantastic. And across the next three days, Bev is writing something for us. Yes, twenty first of April was the oh, Queen's birthday. Well, yeah. See, Bev's a historian herself. She knows. Oh. She knows what's going on out there. It's also um, demerits. Points are, it's, it's, yeah, are in they're in place right now. Mm. So be careful on the roads, watch your speed because, uh, yeah, there there it's all out there happening till probably late Monday midnight. I'd i a guess. Mm. So
2: so yeah. I thought very timely to get out and have a look at local bushlands and parks. So we're speaking yeah. to our roving reporter Grady Brand. Love that, Love and he that. will give us the wildflower report. He's recently been up to mm. Kalbarri. Mm. He and Leslie did a walk this week in Bold Park, nine kilometres, I believe. So he'll be able to tell us what's flowering there. I know Wireless Hill has been going off, and the orchids in my bushland ray have been going nuts. I found spider orchids that I haven't seen before. It's crazy, isn't oh, it? That I this just is loving, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to get out there every yeah. day. I even have patches of little blue sun orchids. They stand mo- no more than 15 to 20 centimetres tall and they have numerous. Blooms up the stem, I they're, love them. they're tiny, like little
0: well, little blue stars, they're no no bigger than a centimeter, my favorite, I love the colour mm. yeah, absolutely divine, so you've just got so much going on, and i i I was in a nursery yesterday, albeit briefly, but things are looking great mm. it's you know spring really is here and I thought we were going to be a little bit behind, but it's, things are looking very, very lively out there and it is exciting. I'm excited. And the gardens are looking great, aren't they? They Mine's sure just, are. You know, things that I've been waiting to happen are picking up now. And, uh, yeah, my that, flowering that... peach is just ready to, <sighs> starting to uh, bloom and I think this year is she's going to be a, a showstopper. Oh, wow. I will get a photo.
2: I am a bit worried about the, the quick heat up to the
0: 30s and 34 next week. That can that's, do a bit of damage in its yeah. process, yeah. So there'll be yeah. a bit of
2: hand-watering just keeping those annuals hanging in there?
0: Well, that's right. I found mm. the annuals yesterday, even in yesterday's weather, some of them were looking rather parched, so I had to go out and hand-water them. And mm.
2: how are your Everlastings looking? They're growing, yeah.
0: Good. We put them in, we have to confess to our listeners, we put them in very, very late. Yes. They're going, they're, they're growing, mm. but they're only about... How big is oh, that? Oh
2: yes. Yeah. Fifteen, twenty centimetres. M-
0: maximum.
2: You know, if they do what the weeds have done, go for gold, like put on all that extra growth, um, mm. they'll they'll catch up. But it is a good reason to plant them early, isn't it? And yeah. take advantage of those winter rains and mm. we we miss the boat. We planted ours so late. So we'll still get flowers, we'll be able to save seed.
0: Some will self-sow and yeah. we'll go earlier next year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of getting them into the ground. But
2: And the other news, uh, we'll be talking to Casey Lister and she is a, a gardener, veggie grower and author of a cookbook. So she will tell us about, well, inspiring us to grow veggies and how we can harvest from the garden. Now, up at the Calamunda Garden Festival...
0: Is this where you met her? Yes,
2: okay. yes. And she made some biscuits that were flavoured with kaffir lime leaves mm. and they were divine. So I look forward to oh, her telling our listeners that, about those.
0: My antenna goes up with that. Well, who would have thought? Kaffir lime biscuits, yeah. Well, and well, this using is leaves right. in biscuits, like, just, yeah. Just divine. And, of course, John pointed out to me yesterday that today is the spring equinox. So, uh, today, the 23rd of September. And also, uh, Bev put up that Charles's birthday is the nineteenth of November or something. So twenty-first of April for the Queen, mm. and nineteenth of November. But today's celebrated here in Australia as the King's birthday.
2: I don't know why they do that.
0: Oh, there'll be there'll be some mm. vague reason. All right, we're in Marangaroo talking about ooh, holes in the ground. Leslie, good morning.
2: Morning, Leslie.
3: Oh, good, morning. Uh, good morning, there, girls. Um my query is it's I've got holes uh, uh, bigger than um a pencil hole but they're all quite uniform um all through the garden bed where I've planted potatoes. Right. And I dug, I dug into one I thought is it some creature doing this it, because they're it, they're perfectly round.
2: Mm and how many would you have? Oh
4: Oh, well over a dozen
2: okay
5: alright and they're uh, all
3: you know, like the size of the, not as thick as your, not as thin as a pencil you know like say twice the size of a pencil perfectly like round going straight down but I can't find any like I dug into one I thought there must be some
2: like mole cricket or possibly yeah or I was
0: thinking mole well, cricket Leslie I'll tell you
2: what I think After the rains, any holes that were existing in the ground have become flattened and and more obvious. For example, ants. And ants were going nuts before the rains. Um, The other thing that makes perfectly round holes, and and it looks like someone has pushed a metal stake uh, into the ground and pulled it out, and it's clean as a whisker. Now, that can be a wolf spider but they oh, what nice. what it sounds like it sounds like you've got an aggregation like wolf spiders are here and there they're not normally all in one spot mm-hmm. um, but also the side of the hole and the top of the hole might have uh, a a range of weeds dried weeds around it and it sticks up almost like a cane basket um, so and should it, I go
3: looking like where the bed is? Sorry to interrupt that's you. That's all right. Um, you know, where, where the garden bed is, it's right next to where i planted quite a few, well, not one, two, three, four, native trees, which are now quite mature and they're all doing very well. Um, what should I look under
2: there for? Oh, well, it's interesting. There is an awful lot of things that would come out of the ground. Um, And if they have already come out, if they've completed their life cycle, for example, rain moths will leave the ground and they'll leave behind an exoskeleton when they hatch out. Um, I think you could keep looking. You could put a jar over the hole to see if anything flies out of it, like comes in and out. But if they have completed their life cycle, they may well have gone on. If it was... Native bees, um, they wouldn't be so perfect. There would, there would be sand around it. Um, it sounds very interesting. I, I think you have to do a little bit more research, Leslie, and you'll work okay. out whether they, they're they coming and going, whether there's nothing left to see. Um, yeah. And
3: Pop a jar over the top. Pop mm. a jar over the top of
2: one
3: and see. Yes. As I said, I've dug down. I thought, what's it? making us look, so, they're just so perfect. Okay. So per- you know, now,
2: another, so perfectly... another thing that I do as a test, if it was a wolf spider hole, it's a bit naughty, mm-hmm. but I get a, a leaf off a grass tree and I poke it down to see how deep the hole is. And if right. there is a wolf spider there, I can, if I tickle the top, the spider jumps up to, to see who's there.
0: See oh, who's at his
3: house mm. oh got you yeah yeah i like spiders i've got no
2: problem with spiders yeah okay and, and oh, if, if is it is spider. if it is wolf spiders if you go out at night with a torch you can yeah. see their eyes shining back at you <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's
3: worth oh that's definitely going to be
0: worth a look then. <laughs> good
3: on you leslie <laughs> Thank you much, girls. Okay, report,
0: report back, Leslie. Thank you.
3: I'll do that. Thank you very much again. Bye. Okay. You. Bye. Bye.
0: Okay. We shall return. Catching Radio. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye, and our first guest for the morning is online. We're speaking to Casey Lister, author and garden coach, among many other hats, I'm sure. Casey, good morning. You with Ray and okay. Faye. Hello, thanks for having me. It's great
2: to be here. <laughs> oh, it's lovely to have you, Casey. And what great gardening weather and what a wonderful time of the year.
0: Yeah.
6: Oh, yeah, it's my absolute favourite. All the plants just grow wild. <laughs> they grow about five times as fast.
0: Don't they just? Yeah, we were just saying that when we opened up the show, that everything's really just starting to kick along and you can really finally tell that spring has arrived. Yes. Yeah,
6: it's great. The animals all come back out and, yeah, it's hibernation is over. <laughs>
2: What I loved about your talk up the, up at the Calamunda Garden Festival was your ability to find things in the garden that most of us would not think about putting. Well, for example, into biscuits,
6: the kaffa lime leaf biscuits. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I brought those. Credit to my mum; she she was baking them at I don't know what hour the, the day before, and um, it, it made such a difference to be able to just show people. I think you can say let's put this into a recipe and people go, oh, yeah. But once they've actually eaten it, the proof's in the pudding, I suppose. Oh,
2: absolutely. <laughs> and um, so d- was that sort of just a basic biscuit recipe and how many uh, leaves would you need to do that?
6: Gosh, well, we um, <laughs> the ones that I took to the festival, I think we ended up with about 50 leaves in there because I was trying to make it for a, a big crowd. Uh, but it's not too many. I think the original recipe I did has about, 12 or so so a little tree will give you plenty we've only got a little little kaffa lime and um yeah it didn't look too bedraggled once i'd taken 50 leaves off it well that that's uh, yeah. a tip for our listeners that you can
0: put kaffa lime leaves in your biscuits
6: oh, and yeah. other... oh they're such a great such yeah. a great
0: ingredient tell us about your cooking and your cookbook casey yeah
6: oh well um i i, I wrote this uh, the cookbook it's called seasoned i wrote it because I I love so much going out to garden and harvesting stuff and bringing it back in and there's sort of a, I guess a bit of a thing in my family of to be able to sit back and say everything in that dish came from the garden. is sort of yeah. Yeah. Why, What's why the,
0: what's the say, book called again, love?
6: It's called Seasoned. Seasoned. Um, it's set out in chapters by each season so that if you're a, a gardener, you know, lots of other recipe books will feature lots of veggies but sometimes they've got something from spring and something from autumn and so if you're a gardener and you want to put everything in, from the garden, you can sort of, the idea with this book is that they're all from the same season, so you can combine. And actually things that are growing in the same season just so well together, like so many dishes with tomatoes Some and basil. Or compliment, yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, Casey, if someone was starting now, uh, you know, you go to the nursery and there's so, so many things on offer, we're inclined to just get everything <laughs> and then well, fall you, in the heap. <laughs> Can you narrow it down for us? Like, what are some basic things to get started?
6: Yeah, well, if you're interested in the edible side of things, I, I try to keep it simple now, actually, as well, because I've done the same thing. You grow, you know, a million different veggies and you sort of overwhelm yourself. Yeah. And um, I'm this summer I'm going to grow corn. I'm going to grow snake beans, which are just the best bean. Mm. I think they're totally unrepre- underrepresented in Perth, uh, but they, they grow really tall and they have these foot-long beans I'm gonna grow steak beans, I'm gonna maybe do some tomatoes, but we have a resident rat in the neighborhood that is determined to steal my tomatoes at every mm-hmm.
2: uh, opportunity or oh,
6: watch um, your yeah, corn like as well then Yes, I know it nibbled the the silks off the top oh. of my corn last year. uh we need to get a cat um, yeah and uh basil and zucchinis, so mm. those are my sort of my favorite ones that I think uh. They're the ones where the flavour is really, really good when they're homegrown, and um, and they're usually pretty, apart from rats, pretty bug resistant. So, yeah, it's, if you're a beginner, you don't tend to get too disappointed.
0: <laughs> so, Casey, how did it all start? Where did you start?
6: My whole family is into gardening. My grandparents were into gardening, so I think it's just been a something that's
0: Natural always happened, progression, and, yeah. yes
6: but I kind of held off doing stuff uh, until I had my own place because I liked the idea. My mom let me have like a section of her garden and um, I would put flowers in there as a kid, but I, I, I liked (laughs) having total control. So Hmm. once I moved out, I just started adding stuff, but it kind of crept up on me. I just um, put a few, put a few tomatoes in one year um, and they, they didn't get eaten by the rats. I had baskets of tomatoes and I think that gave me a bit of confidence. And then I just started adding flowers and, our garden was all lawn when we, when we moved in, and it's now not very much lawn. I just was digging into it and adding beds progressively as the years went on. So it's kind of evolved over time.
0: And tell us about uh, your being a garden coach. What does that actually mean? Well, I
6: I think that everybody has such a, a potential. Everybody has a balcony or a backyard or something, and I see it as it's just the best thing you can do. It's, it's fantastic for your mental well-being. You can grow your own food. You can... Cook with seasons, but yeah. the thing I noticed in our garden, adding all these plants and trees over the years, is what a a wildlife home it's become. There's so many birds and bugs, and uh, with kind of sprawling suburbia, I think it's a really valuable thing that everybody can do to give a bit more back to the local environment, to give homes and food for animals. So, um, I suppose the reason I like coaching people or encouraging people to do it is because I. I I know it will make them feel good, um because I've never met someone who grew something successfully who wasn't just wrapped in what they'd done, and uh, I think it's a really great way we all have a power at an individual level to change kind of our city landscape a bit yeah, um, yeah so I was doing a one on one coaching, but um yeah, we've had a little baby, so now i'm I have an online membership um where I coach and kind of encourage lots of people to grow food and flowers and herbs and all sorts of different stuff
0: like that. Yeah, I was having a browse of it last night, actually, and it looked really, really yeah. interesting, and you're awesome. very enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. And also down to earth. And I also read you used to, uh, you studied psychology. Does that help you? Yeah, yeah, I think, well... I'm teasing. I don't know if it's made me more
6: sane or less sane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, gardening helps, actually. I, I think. I uh It definitely gave me a real appreciation. There's a fantastic book I love called um, The Well-Gardened Mind. Have you heard of that one?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah,
6: a brilliant book written by a neuroscientist um, whose husband, I think, is a horticulturalist, and so they've kind of joined the two. And the things she lists about the psychological benefits of gardening are just incredible.
0: Not to be underestimated. So what's the name of that book again?
6: Uh, That one's called The Well-Gardened Mind, and her name's Sue Stewart-Smith.
0: Okay.
6: Yeah, definitely worth a read. And, um, and yeah, it turned out gardening was a great form of procrastination from writing my thesis. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably what got me into it, actually, <laughs> heavy procrastination. No,
2: I think they call that procrastiplanting, don't they? When you, <laughs> yeah, you avoid exactly. <laughs> with plants everything
6: else yeah, you're yeah. supposed to be doing. Yes, I figure it's a much more healthy form of procrastination sitting on the internet. So,
0: <laughs> and how do you go about your pesticide pesticide free gardening, Casey? What are your tips? How do you oh do yeah,
6: that's, yeah, that's the other thing I really love encouraging because uh, a lot of people who I have given tips for have come back to me and said it works, and so I'm confident in it now. Oh, but um, mm. just um, it, it's really hard at start just doing nothing. I think particularly in our gardens, people find it really hard to to not
0: act. Yes, yes, I agree. You
6: feel like you've got to get in there and...
0: Spray something, do something. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm.
6: So I always say just plant more flowers. If you have to do something, um, plant plant pollen-rich, nectar-rich flowers, because that'll give you something to do to kind of stave off the anxiety, but also you'll end up with a more beautiful garden. Uh, But yeah, using nothing um, and just allowing every bug and kind of changing the way you frame it as well. Everyone's worried about bugs and weeds and um but i see the garden as a uh, it's like a fantastic little i know it's not the natural environment but it's the closest i can come in my backyard to that and so it's lovely seeing you see aphids on a plant and then a week later you see ladybird larvae, and then you see ladybirds eating the aphids and it's uh it's a way of getting up really close with the natural world mm. yeah mm. and um And knowing that none of those things are negative, they're all just part of this ecosystem. So the reason I don't use sprays is because if you do that for a few years, uh, you'll end up with a kind of healthy balance between these predatory bugs and and the sort of things we call pests. Mm. Um, And the so-called pests are really great because they're a food source for all of those. We all want ladybirds. We all want um, predatory wasps. I don't know if everyone knows they want predatory wasps, but (laughs) they're
2: really good. You do. I try and tell Um, them, Casey. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, well, when I know that when we say wasp, a lot of people think, "Oh no, I don't want them, they sting." But mm. they're not always aware that there are hundreds of wasps, mm. many of them very tiny. So yeah. we we could reframe them as flying insects that will yeah. have a great impact um benef- beneficials for the garden. Do you have some favorite plants to bring in the beneficial insects?
6: Oh, definitely, I think everybody in Perth should grow fennel because it grows like a, I mean, it does actually grow like a weed. I've seen it in vacant lots in places. Um, but fennel is fantastic. It's got the best flowers. Um, the way the flowers form look a bit like an umbrella, so it's in the family of plants called umbelliferous yeah. um, plants. And so it's the same goes for fennel, um, parsley, dill, all of those plants in the same family. And they, I just noticed, are such a magnet for, for great beneficial bugs. Uh, and you can eat them and you can use heaps of the parts of the plant in in cooking. So I've got a recipe for a salad that just has the, the sort of frondy leaves. Um, so yeah, fennel's great, parsley's great, but even just letting all your herbs and um, all your kind of garden greens flower. So People always say, oh, they've bolted and ripped them out like it's a bad thing, but I'm sitting in the garden right now and I'm looking at some mizuna that is two metres tall and covered in yellow, gorgeous yellow flowers. Um, I've actually... St- I forget to eat it all the time because I just grow it for an ornamental thing now. Yeah.
7: Yeah.
6: Uh, and they're really great for bringing bees. It's got like five different bees on it at the moment. So, um, yeah, letting flower is great too. Five different bees? Can oh, you tell us which ones? <laughs> not different varieties. I'm afraid these are all the um just the regular ones. But oh, it is uh, right next to a spot. Yeah, honeybees. But I it's right next to a spot where I have had um a leaf cutter that was sort of mm-hmm. stuck into this little hole in a bit of wood. And I saw a blue-banded bee last summer and... Flipped out i was Mm. so excited Mm. um so those are the ones i know i've had to the garden uh but i'd love to get a cuckoo bee have you ever had one of
2: those
0: yes
2: yes and on the hottest day in summer there there was a couple hovering around my blue salvias so yes it's the blue ones isn't it that they're love. they attracted to yeah well they they are the kleptoparasites of the blue banded bee nest so you know we it's a bittersweet discovery to find out you've got them but therefore mm. you would have good populations of blue banded bees if you actually have the cuckoo yeah. bees.
6: Okay that's really good to know. My, my sister had heaps in a verbena bonariensis. so I think mm. maybe
0: plant one of those. Yeah I've got those. They're a great, great flower great plant yeah. for attracting bees Yeah, as yeah well.
6: it's so, so great just going out and I think also the closer you look the more interesting things you find I like trying to go on insect safaris because you sort of you see from a distance all just the regular bees, but once you get up close, you see hoverflies, and um, I found hoverfly larvae a few weeks back, and that was really exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen hoverflies out yep. and about already. Yep. Yeah, but I was watching them the other yes, day.
2: Yes, yes, mm. mm. and there's different varieties of hoverflies too. Mm. Mm. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. Oh, and then there's there's a type of well, surfered fly which the hoverflies are. And their larvae live in manky water. So if you've got a pond or you've got a bucket of cuttings and the water's gone really awful, you're likely to get reptile maggots in there and they turn into drone flies, which are of the same family. And like like with the wasps, when we say flies, people go, oh, I don't want flies in my garden. But many of them are flower flies and pollinators. So there's just such a whole cycle.
0: So Casey, if listeners are interested, sorry, are you there? Oh yes. Sorry, yes. sorry. If listeners are interested in uh, having a look at your website, uh, are interested in your book, how do they go about that?
6: Uh, you can find everything on my website. It's at www dot j o y lister, L-I-S-T-E-R um, dot com, <laughs> and, um, Joy and my lister. yeah, and my Instagram is um, gardening with Casey Joy which has uh, lots of videos of the garden as well.
2: Okay, You've got a very pretty garden. It's just dreamy and it's looking amazing <laughs> right now, isn't it?
6: It's. I'm really, really excited about it this year. Uh, it sort of feels like it's um, – every year feels like that actually. But this year our mulberry tree I'm looking at at the moment is just – it's sort of dripping under the weight of all the mulberries. I need to start eating them.
0: Oh, my um, goodness.
6: Yeah, so every year it makes me kind of, I think, happier than the last.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, well done you. Okay, thank you so much for chatting with us this morning, Casey, oh, it's been lovely. and, and departing uh, further knowledge and wisdom to us and our <laughs> listeners. We appreciate it and we wish you well.
2: Keep thank up the good you, work. <laughs>
0: Thanks. We'll talk again. Take care. Yeah, I hope so. Bye. Okay. Thanks, Casey. Bye, Casey. Bye. Very interesting, isn't mm. it, what she's up to? Yeah. As I say, when I had a browse of her website, I thought it was really good reading and easy reading but enjoyable reading that was yes the enthusiasm just pops out of the pages doesn't it she is very enthusiastic and she knows her stuff she knows her gear as well yeah now I met a gorgeous lady yesterday when I was out walking my dog a lady called Jeanette Woods and I hope you're listening Jeanette I hope you found 100.1 I had to write it down for her and I hope you are tuned in this morning uh she was a garden she's she is a gardener not was a gardener but a fabulous gardener and she was telling me yesterday that she won uh waterwise garden of the year going back to two thousand and five through wow. gardening Australia you know and that's quite here in perth that's quite a quite a thing and she was up in the in the hills uh where her garden was was situated and uh, I did a little bit of reading on you yesterday Jeanette I've done a little bit of research on you and we might even have a chat with you one day because I like to find that there's, there's treasures yes. all around oh, us. Oh there is Absolutely. Yeah these people have the knowledge and the wisdom and we want you to to, to impart that to all of us that we're still learning because well, I mean the experience don't take it with you you've got to share it. 2005 was a
2: little bit ahead in some ways of water-wise gardening. I think we just started mm. thinking that it was a good thing to do. Yeah. Uh, well, if water was in short supply, if you're in the areas where you didn't have a bore, you mm. already knew she was that. was up in Darlington. Yeah. But mm. for everyone else, you know, we're now looking more at drought-proofing garden yeah. and
0: water-wise gardens Orchard's and obviously reducing our her, water. Ahead of her time. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, now we also had a couple of calls come in regarding uh, our our first caller this morning about holes in the ground near her potatoes that are growing. And a couple of people have called in. Yvonne, actually, who's uh, Chris Bartlett's PA, said that she has similar holes in her garden and they're caused by bin birds digging for worms. Mm-hmm. And Ivan of South Perth also rang in to say magpies looking for worms do exactly that in his garden as well. They're mm. also good options, food for thought.
2: So getting... Getting an idea of how deep those holes go will make tell, we'll us tell you more story. A bit more. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. Okay, nine four eight four one nine two seven. Talk to you soon. Radio. And we are back. Uh, I think I'll give something away very shortly. Now, I know we've got some emails to do. And Bill Bill Massey, you, you make us laugh. Uh, we were talking about the Queen's birthday, then the King's birthday, and he wrote in and he said, good morning. There would be some controversy if they called it Camilla's birthday holiday. <laughs> right you are, my friend, and we just think that's very, very funny. You're very naughty and we love that about you. All right, we do have a a, a call coming in from Armandale. Black Spot on roses. Wow, Already, Lois, good morning.
4: Good morning. <laughs> it's lovely to hear you guys every Saturday morning. Oh, thank, thank you, you
0: yeah.
2: Lois.
4: <laughs> I do, I've had this problem. All my roses um, are being affected by black sweat. I'm treating them with, you know, commercial stuff that you get from the local hardware store. Every fortnight as it's following the instructions
2: and I just can't seem to get on top of it. Mm. Um, are you watering your plants at all? Yes. Morning or night? Um, depends, but usually usually sometimes both. Okay. So the <laughs> thing usually, with roses is it's important for them to dry out. So if you do have to water, first thing in the morning is best, like even before okay. the, the sun comes up, because that allows them time to dry out. If you water in the evening, and this this goes for many things, lawns as well, then they they stay wet and moist for long periods of time, which is the environment for black spot. So it's due to, okay. to moisture and humidity and, and rainfall, of which we've had some in the past. So if you change your watering practice, that can okay. help. Okay. So um, I put, um, uh,
4: what do you call it, stuff, uh, lupin. Lupin as moisture, mulch? As a as a mulch. So how do you know then if the soil is wet enough,
2: if the lupin's dry, is the soil? You can get a metre, um, a little, um, it's got a, a gauge at the top and it's a metal yes. probe. And you can put okay. that into the ground. It's a moisture probe. And that will tell you okay. how wet it is.
4: Okay. So that could work um. for you. Okay,
2: great. And do you
4: get that from like Bunnings or somewhere like that? Yes, yes. Or any good nursery. Yes, any good nursery. I have just one other question too. I've got a dwarf lemon myrtle. And again, the leaves are, they curl up and um, now I've noticed there's holes in them. Um, And I've tried the detergent, you know, um, spraying on them up and down. But I don't know what's what's eating them now. What the hole is? Um, okay, a few it... two weeks back you mentioned about curly leaf on these things, so I treated them, and um, but no joy. But okay. they're full of flowers, and there's um, you know fruits coming on them. But
2: all right, I, I would think um, that you could. Possibly give it a trim, remove the damaged leaves and monitor new leaves. You can okay. give it uh, a drink of seaweed or fish fertiliser. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you trim back some of the leaves, well, I guess if it's flowering, you might not want to, but you could certainly deadhead it. And when you uh-huh. do that, you will encourage some new growth. So it might okay. just be a, a cycle of pests that damage may have been done in the past, but by monitoring new growth, you will tell if it's a current problem, or if it was a phase that's now passed. All right.
4: And does the watering go for the for all of the plants then in, in the morning? Best to water everything in the morning.
2: Well, if you have Even an irrigation summer? system, then that I don't. You see, that's oh. it. I don't.
4: Okay. yeah It's it- a really really small garden, and I've always just hand
2: watered it. Mm. but more in the evening especially in the summer mm. so. it will depend a bit on your plants so if okay. if you are having problems like black spot or things being too moist then yep. water those in the morning but okay. you know in summertime it's less of a problem because the, the moisture doesn't hang around anyway it evaporates, and, yeah. and the the plants will cope in fact a lot of the plants will just love that moisture depending on what okay. you're growing right. It's a mixed garden. <laughs> How lovely! It's, it's an eclectic one, I think
4: they call it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for your help. You're welcome, Lois. So you, don't, so you don't recommend the commercial sprays then for the black spot, then? Or should
2: I, I, I don't put that aside for a while. It's more of a a time. Well, it costs money and it takes time. I'd yeah. much rather be enjoying the garden. Pick yep. off, pick off the the older leaves that have got yep. the black spot on them. Water in the morning, okay. and if anything, I would use a, a fish or seaweed that will okay. kind of help a little bit, and it's natural, okay. so we're not mucking up our environment.
0: And what sort of okay. roses are they, Lois?
4: Well, I've got two um, David Austin, ah, yes. and then the others are just kind of like you know, um, what do you call them? Hybrids, and it's a mix. They're a mix,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, and they all have. But like a pot. few that are in pot.
4: Too so, um, they're not all in the garden. And each all the of them
0: have black spot, Lois. Yes, that's
4: all the of thing. them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll change the watering habits and see how we go. Give them a drink.
0: A and and with the and...
2: the warmer weather and more daylight, you'll probably yeah. find that they outgrow it. Mm, hope so. Good.
0: Mm. Okay, love. Okay. We have to wriggle on. Sure. Thank yeah, thank you very much. Thank she you. Have a good day. You <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. And we're in Mundaring. We're saying good morning to Margaret. Hello. Oh,
2: good morning, girl. Good, good morning, Margaret. Talking about magpies,
5: um, Eric McCrum told us years ago that magpies can actually hear the worms moving around underground.
0: Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And when
5: they're wandering in my place, they wander around mm-hmm. like,
0: and they know where they are.
5: Wandering through a park, yeah. And drill down. A great group of them. And um, they um, and then pull out the worms. Amazing. So Leslie might have, if she bound to have lots of magpies in her garden, mm. looking mm. for digging out worms. But um, it's, they're quite amazing, the um the magpies, I mean.
2: They are, and there's a, a few <laughs> a few around at the moment. I'm not sure when their nesting time is. I know no, there's a lot I of think. small mm. birds nesting. Mm. Um, I'm not seeing as many magpies. I know the kook- kookaburras have been out, mm. the ravens, um, the blue wrens are out and about now too. Mm.
0: Yeah.
5: I should think yeah. the magpies are nesting because I haven't seen many of them in recent days.
0: No, yeah. yeah
5: it's about nesting time and yeah i've, I've seen
0: some making their nests yeah in the, the last girl, few weeks yeah the
5: girls were looking plump
2: in there in the winter <laughs>
5: and <having their> eggs. <laughs> oh.
2: well and with the warm weather we had this week i i must admit i've been getting out and filling up my bird baths so for everyone out there mm. that has either got bird baths give them a good scrub and replenish them regularly and if you haven't got them put out more put out some shallow ones Different heights, some on the ground for lizards, and put a stick in there so that any bugs that get in there can climb out. Yeah,
5: yeah, especially the bees.
2: Mm, the, lot, uh, lots of honeybees around. All right, thanks for your call, Margaret. Thank you.
0: Okay, bye. Cheers, bye. bye. And we will return. You're with Let's Talk Gardening. We appreciate your company this morning on this long weekend. I'm going to give something away. Time to go shopping. $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. And they are open this public holiday on the Monday between 10 and 2 as well. They normally open Thursday through to Sunday, but they will be open this Monday particular between 10 to 2 p.m. If well what a beautiful uh reason to go up heading towards Pickering Brook there's so many eateries and cafes and wonderful places to go and visit on the way. Okay right now at Bigger Trees Dogwoods and Lilacs are showing beautiful displays along with so many others. Now they've got new supplies of everlasting love and petite pink frangipanis have just arrived from Darwin along with a selection of bamboos, exoras, Diamonds in the Dark Crepe Myrtles, love those, Hong Kong Orchids, Leopard Trees and Poincianas. Bigger Trees have heaps of new stock arriving each week and the above is just a sample. Keeping in mind they already have an enormous range to select from for big plants and for the little plants, you must check out biggertrees.com.au. They do deliver across the metro area and I suggest you browse their Facebook page for updates. And as mentioned, they're open Thursday to Sunday of each week and in particular this Monday between 10 and 2 now. Uh, this is a tricky song, and uh, Faye wants me to play it. I haven't loaded it yet, but I'll I'll get to that if I can. In his song, there is a mountain. Donovan sings, caterpillar sheds his skin. What is the next line? In his song, there is a mountain. Donovan sings, caterpillar sheds his skin. What is the next line? Very, very tricky in my opinion this morning, John Glidden. You must be a Curtain FM member. As you know, not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Give a call now on 94841927. I'll repeat that question just one more time because even I find it hard. In his song, there is a mountain. Donovan sings, caterpillar sheds his skin. What is the next line? Okay, hop to it. And we are in Florida. Oh, no, we're not. Sorry. Press the wrong button. We are in Florida. Cheryl, good morning.
4: Good morning, um, girls. Now, my uh, son's guava tree, beautiful pink guavas, but
2: uh, worms inside the guavas. What do we do? Ooh, are they coming in after the fruit ripens, Cheryl? No, no, from the time they are uh, tender. Oh okay. Uh I'm I'm not sure if you could have fruit fly in there or if there are other larvae that get in there. Um and and when that is happening. Yes. If if it's happening uh at the stage of fruit development like we get with our tomatoes I sometimes. Know. Uh yeah. then the one of the solutions would be to net the tree. Okay. And and that would stop what's getting in. You know, um, if you have access to a smartphone, there is an app called My Pest Guide Reporter app. Yes. And the thing to do would get, either you send a photo to us or send a photo to them, and we identify what the worms are. Because if it's fruit fly, then you adopt an approach to manage fruit fly. So you might set up, and traps, and yes. also netting the tree. Um, and now is certainly the time to do that. That's right, yeah. that's right. If it yes. is fruit fly that you have a problem with, you must collect and dispose of all fruit.
4: Well, that's what we've been doing. Mm. Well, if we hang a flu- fruit fly trap
2: on
7: right now,
2: would it help? It would, it would certainly help, and what it would tell you is that If if you catch anything, you'll be able to identify what. Well, if there is fruit fly there, for one thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you can make your own, or you can buy commercial ones. Um. And depending on what they are. (laughs) Yeah. As to how many you need in the vicinity, and whether you've got it in other trees as well.
4: Not in the other trees. It's all fruit trees, but it's only the guavas that they attack.
2: Yes, they do love guavas. Mm. And he's a nice pink variety. Oh, beautiful. Yep. All right. Right, oh, my dear. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Cheryl. Good luck with that. Yes. Okay.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, let's see. And Robin Kingsley is our winner. Robin from Kingsley. Yes, Robin from Kingsley. Thank you. I'm in the middle. I was in the middle of finding you your song then, so that's why I'm all over the shop. Uh, good on you, Robin. Robin's one of our regular listeners. That $75 gift voucher is on its way to you this week, love. And uh, do let us know what you get up to with it. The question was: In his song, there is a mountain. Donovan sings, "Caterpillar sheds his skin. What is the next line to find a butterfly within?"
2: Isn't that lovely?
0: Oh, it's great. Such a message in there, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to find a spot to put it. I'll put it there. Hopefully, and uh, we can play it after the news. We've got that coming up in a couple of minutes as well. All right. Now, I do know that you have a couple of emails. Or I do. Want to make a few comments? Elizabeth from
2: East Cannington uh, sent us an email after last weekend's show. Another great show today. As a librarian, reader and gardener, it ticks all the boxes. And, of course, last weekend we spoke to John Visca about yeah. the
0: history of
2: gardens in Perth. And
0: people really enjoyed it. Yes, they mm.
2: they certainly did, as, as did I. It was quite a walk down memory lane. Uh, Elizabeth says her heritage plant is a cast iron plant which mm. she inherited from her mum. And I'm sure a lot of us have favourite plant memories. And actually... I do also have a cast iron plant, the mm. Aspidistra, mm-hmm. and that came from my grandmother. So last year I divided it, and funnily enough, parts of it have become variegated. That is just bizarre, mm. isn't it? It is, mm. but I I have divided it so that I can give each of my children a plant. <laughs> and I don't know be, if they want it. I was going to say,
0: and they'll be so grateful for that. Well,
2: you know, it is a tough plant. They're, yeah, it should they should be able will, to handle mistreatment. They will live in root-bound gardens. They live under the shade of a tree. Mm. They they're great in pots around the patio in a dark corner or even in the house. They're just very forgiving, and that's why they're around for a long time. And I do love the song. The biggest district in, in the, the world.
0: world and the leaves are great in vases too you know when you add other things yes. into your vase and they sit behind flowers and things they're a great vase filler and they last a long time in a vase now uh Mary we're aware of your call we do have to go to the news so we will chat with you about your avocado tree on the other side 9am everyone 17 degrees right now, humidity sitting at 71%, looking to a maximum of 21 today, cloudy. Sorry, Faye, is there something you want? Um, Just sounds not coming through. Okay. Minute. All right. Keep going, Ray. I shall keep going with the uh, bulletin. Uh, this is what happens when you're live and you have, uh, <laughs> have uh, partners in the studio with you, look, the minimum overnight will be 10, the maximum tomorrow 23, mostly sunny. And looking ahead to Monday, the minimum overnight will be 11, sunny with a maximum of 22. Beautiful long weekend weather. We are looking ahead where it's forecast at the moment on Wednesday to be 34, so that might be a real hot one for our gardens. We're jumping up about 10 degrees. Uh, Weather for uh, rainfall so far for September, 44.6 against the average 10-year average of 81.8. So we are sadly a long way behind in our September rainfall as well. And as John mentioned to us, it's the spring equinox today, uh, which means approximately 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of dark As well, so spring equinox is today. Okay, are you all right, Farquhar? I'm good. You are such a distraction in the studio, young lady. Sorry, Ray. I know, I know. All right, let's go straight out to Safety Bay. Mary, tell us all about your avocado tree.
4: Hi, yes, thanks for taking my call. Um, I planted, well, came up by itself, uh, this avocado years ago. Last year I had three huge, big, beautiful avocados on it. Um, This year it's in full flower, but she's dropping all the leaves.
2: Mm, Interesting. Anything adverse happen to it, Mary?
4: No. Okay. No, I'd talk talk to it if you go. All right.
2: All you can do is keep the roots protected, keep the water up to it, uh, maybe add compost and a good layer of mulch, and uh, I would give it a a complete slow-release fertiliser around the drip line Um, spring and autumn okay she's in a bathtub oh okay I don't don't know whether the
4: um, drainage is sufficient
2: yes okay they do have a very fibrous shallow root system and they're very big growing trees so it's quite possible you may need to look at putting it into something a bit bigger that would be fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. How big is it now, yeah. Mary?
2: Oh, about eight foot.
0: And it's in a bathtub. Yep,
2: mm. yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Unless you got something like a crowbar and hammered it through the base so that the roots can actually go down into the ground. But Yeah, yeah I wonder
0: about the drainage. The roots, mm.
2: yeah, are compromised, yeah. so you'll have to look at that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, right. I'll give you some mulch and some,
4: um, some goodies and... Hope that all the flowers produce some more covers
2: Good luck with that, Mary. Thanks thank for your you call. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Okay, we have our roving wildflower reporter online, Grady Bran. Good morning. How are you, Grady, with Ryan and Faye?
1: Hello, Ryan and Faye. I'm very well, thank you.
0: What have you been up to?
1: Oh, look, you know been enjoying retirement and and, uh, <laughs> and me too. enjoying the wildflowers.
2: <laughs> I bet your feet haven't, um, well, haven't stopped hitting the ground.
1: No, there's lots of lovely places to go and spend time with here in Perth, even close to Perth, you know, in the Swan Coastal Plain. There's lots of uh, amazing places where the Wildflowers are in full bloom.
2: Ah, oh, so where would you? Where would we go? Yeah, where would you suggest people to go for a day trip over this long weekend?
1: Look, I'm. I was just recently in Bowl Park. We did the Zamia Trail, which is about a, well, about a nine kilometre uh, round circuit. But you know, you can do a shorter version. There's lots of beautiful flowers there. There's conostylis, kind of and there's the state's floral emblem, the red and green kangaroo paw. The Avon Valley National Park, if you want to pack a picnic and go up there, that's on the 2J Road. Uh, there's Wireless Hill, which is another lovely place, Star Swamp. Kings Park, Bushland is mm. always a beauty, and you know, you've know got the States Botanic Garden there as well, so that's a, a a lovely one. Another really good one is a drive to York, and there's the Wondoo National Park.
7: Yeah. that's
1: That's a pretty good one. We're blessed with lots of national parks in the hills. So John Forest and then, you know, even Les Murdy Fall, Alice mm. Brook. So there's lots of uh, really lovely uh, places like that for, for day trips.
0: Oh, we're, we're spoiled well.
1: for choice, Yeah, yes, Star Swamp,
0: yeah, that's all stomping ground for Faye
1: and I. Yeah, So and since, it's, and since it's a long weekend and school holidays, so I gather, you know, lots of families will be uh, travelling around the state. So, yes. you know, for those that have got a week up their sleeve, Leslie and I just came back from Kalbari National Park. Oh. That's looking pretty beautiful. And for those that are heading even to Turian Bay or Cervantes, you've got Mount Lesua National Park. That's uh, Stunning. always beautiful with the complexity of wildflowers there.
2: So what is the season looking like this year, Grady?
1: Look, coastally from about Calberry oh, down and all the way around, okay. Uh, it's just really the northern wheat belt didn't get much rain, nor did the mulga, so, you know, the the phenomenon of the everlastings en masse just didn't really happen as we have enjoyed over Mm. the last
2: few years. We've been quite uh, spoilt over recent years. We have.
1: Yeah, so uh, that didn't happen. But, you know, all the Lake King, Lake Grace, that's been pretty good this year. And the Darling Range has had quite good rains at the right time because, as you know, our flora does respond to rain and if they yeah. don't they're very wise and they uh hibernate. Yeah. Um so yeah. And you know, the South Coast I'm I'm always gobsmacked every time I go down there. It's amazing. So you know, the Fitzgeralds, the Ravensalt, the Esperance, the Albany, even the Cape to Cape. I got a neighbour who's just about to walk that and I went, You're gonna be blown away because it is very beautiful down there on the the coast at the moment, so all oh, those that glorious. are down, Busselton Way and Augusta. That's all pretty beautiful. And recently, Leslie and I were in the Witcher Range. So for all those that are down in that southwest, the Witcher Range is sort of the most southern extent of the Darling Range. Yeah, and I was
0: just about some... to say. Can you explain where that is? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's sort of inland from you know Margaret River and Busselton and Dunsborough. Mm. And that's the most southern part of the, the Darling Range. So, you know, that's all pretty beautiful. The tree hovia, which is hovia elliptica, mm. that was uh, glowing amongst the uh, the forest and still some orchids out down there. So there's lots to be had. And, of course, you know, wildflowers are just such a an amazing part of the culture of western australia because we've got one of the most remarkable floras on the planet so
2: we absolutely it's there to be
1: enjoyed on, a couple
2: it. of years ago Eddie and I took a day trip and we toodled off we stopped at the crooked carrot and had a morning tea stop there coffee yeah, yeah. and yeah. cake um yep. the gardens there are just lovely and the art eclectic art and sculptures then we headed down to collie where we saw the mural on the dam wandered through the bush and that was an amazing like day trip and all the murals painted on yeah. the buildings in in town were just oh just a lovely day trip and for a lot of it you didn't even really have to get out of the car too much if mobility was a problem. Yeah,
0: see. yeah mm.
1: that's right you know I'm always every time I talk to people they you know they often uh, associate a particular flower with a member of their family so you know, just getting out there and making new memories, and uh, you know, taking photos, and there's such an enjoyable part of our our social fabric, really, just to to do that as a yeah, family. I agree. Because you know, there's, those links are very strong with wildflowers and and people.
0: Yeah, it's the way it's the way we all grew up, isn't it? And Grady, what are
1: programmed?
0: Yeah, exactly. What's next for you? Where are you off to next?
1: Uh, Our next trip is um, well, I'm not sure. Oh, yes, uh, we've got a a, uh, a granddaughter coming over from Melbourne in November, and so we're heading to Calbarry and to Shark Bay again because. November is a bit of a secret in Calberry. I think it's one of the finest times when the, the Pink Morrison or Verticordia monodelpha is in full cry. People sort of think that spring is over. Yes. But, but Calberry has a second spring mm. and it is quite remarkable. So we're going to do that. And she's a youngin, and she wants to go and see the dolphins and all those sort of things yeah. up there at Shark uh, Bay. So we'll show her a bit of the state.
2: And my goodness, hasn't it changed? We spend a lot of our holidays um in primary school up at Shark Bay, Denham, and tripping through Calbarry, but now they've got the the wonderful walks yeah. and oh my goodness, it's just world class mm-hmm. our our coastline yeah. is amazing, and the waters off off our coast are just pristine,
1: yeah, that's right, you know that's the thing that the flora that is on the coast is you know. Is, I call it a wise flora because it's had a very long time to think about it and because we've been separated from the rest of the world by the Indian Ocean on one side, mm-hmm. and the desert on the other side. So the flora is, is ancient and that's sort of part of its uh, its glory really. It's just had a long time to uh, evolve and those plants on the coastal all but look like a miniature bonsai land I always think. Mm. As they're wind swept and 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 flower so beautifully, and, and this is the time to see it from really from you know Calbarry right round to Esperance. But the south coast keeps going until probably Christmas time, if not. I
0: was just about to say, how long have we got?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you sort of go from the top of the state, and but from now right you would probably you would work down, and you know to south those bioregions regions down on the Fitzgerald, they flower year round. So, you know, the Banksia Baxter eyes are in full cry in the, you know, February March. Coxinia's are just finishing now, and you know, transitioning between that and the Baxters Banksia, and then down at Esperance with the big showy Banksia speciosa, you know, that's starting to kick in now, and we'll we'll keep going through, and they sort of feed all the birds and the, the, the insects right throughout. So something is always in flower. So South Coast is always reliable for a visit, I say, any time of year.
0: Yeah. Well, you've certainly given me lots of ideas and I'm feeling <laughs> like I just want to jump in my car and go now.
1: It's great. <laughs> yeah. Go home, get your thermos out, take yeah. a picnic. Yeah, and go. You can choose whether you're going to York or you're going to 2J or yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: you're going down to uh, Pindley. You know, Voyage yeah. and Rock is another uh, really lovely place to go, I think, and it's got a beautiful piece of uh, granite that you can climb to the top and it's got some wild spaces within it, uh, which is really only a day trip for for us that live in the, the city.
2: Now, Grady, is that where the Numbats are?
1: No, that is Dry... Well, Dryandra huh. Forest is the is the, that particular one, which is sort of closer to Narragin Way. Mm-hmm. But Voyage and Rock is sort of down the Brookton Highway and it's between Brookton and... and um what's the word, other... Pinduly.
0: Pinduly, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's Just writing Pindley. all this down. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've recently retired, you see, Grady. So yes, uh, oh, I'm, fo- I'm foot loose and fancy free. So oh, great! Giving me ideas, love. Squire. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Thank you yeah. so much, very, for, for coming uh, on air with us today, Gr- Grady, and we wish you a wonderful long weekend and hope to speak to you soon. And uh, you can impart more. Knowledge and uh, your findings with us and our listeners, we love it.
1: No worries, Ray. Thanks so much. See you, Faye.
2: Thanks, thanks, Grady. Lovely Ciao. to hear Ciao. from you. soon.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Now, now, Ray, I'm a bit worried. We might not both not be here. We've got such a list now. We might I know. be sitting up looking and I'm going to
0: go and Google it all. You yeah. kind of
2: need a day a week just to hit the road and get think, out and see I stuff. Think,
0: a day trip is really mm. a nice thing to do. Wow, well, and you can go yeah. all all points. Day yeah. at Rottnest, you've, yeah. you've got
2: Safety Bay and yeah. the dolphins there. You can get up to Jurien, Cervantes and the
0: Pinnacles. Yeah, it just feels so good. Mm. Okay, let's let's go to Mandra Talking about a camellia. Good morning, Marie. Hello. <laughs> how how are you? <laughs>
7: I, I just don't want to cough. That's all. That's all right. terrible cough come on me, and it's just—it's embarrassing because <laughs> you start to speak and how, you can't speak.
2: Well, how can we help <laughs> anyway, you?
7: <laughs> anyway, my camellia. Um, I bought a camellia tree because um, my mum always had camellias, and so I've bought one and I've I've planted it the front at the front. Uh, the front of my um, gardens and, and um, I just wonder if I've done everything right. My A friend of mine dug the hole for me and when I went out to see the hole, I thought, goodness gracious, it would just about reach China. Oh, I've excellent. Had to, <laughs> I've had to fill it up with so much mulchy stuff, you know, all the rubbishy stuff I had out in my, um, and, you know, where I keep all my stuff to, Rotten stuff. Yeah, yep, I put all like that. Like
2: compost?
7: In and, yeah, compost, sorry. Excellent. Yeah, and so I've done all that and, yeah, and I've put the tree in and, um, yeah, I've put more stuff around it and, yeah, so I'm hoping I've done the right thing.
2: Well, it's, uh, it I, sounds I, like you've given it a lot of love, Marie. The thing about camellias yeah. is they do like yeah. an acidic soil and you can okay. get special mixes that are oh, the right, right. pH. Um, okay in mandra, your soil will probably be more on the alkaline side, so you may okay. uh you you may see some deficiencies in the leaf, but okay. because you've had yeah. a lot of compost, that does help yeah. acidify the soil yeah. somewhat
1: Yeah,
7: yeah yeah that's got i'll I'll get some what what do you do you just go and
2: get a bag, but is it like soil or something? You can get potting mixes. Um, potting mix. Okay. If it does struggle, you mm. would possibly have a better chance growing in a pot because oh, you can okay. control the pH of the soil better.
7: Yeah, I wondered about that when I got it whether I should put it in a pot.
2: Oh, you know what, Marie? Go and buy another one.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I bought a, the first one I bought. It was all covered in black spot and everything, and I didn't. Uh, and I paid about eighty dollars for, and it was called cinnamon cinnamon um, camellia. I'd never seen it. it. Was little white flower, beautiful. It just smelled like cinnamon. Oh, and lovely. then, but then it had all it was all covered in black spots and stuff. So I took it back and I bought this other one, which is um, I think pink and pink and white. Mm. But anyway. That's what I've done. I'll just see if, yep. well, I might end up by going and buying another one <laughs> and putting it in the pot.
2: Yeah, all right. Good luck with that, Marie. Oh, thank Have you. a great I day. Love show. Thank That's you. Great, thank great
0: you, day. Marie. Bye for thank now. Bye. 24 minutes after nine, coming up at 10 a.m. Jim Cronin with the classic 70s for you. I think I'm going to give something away. How does that sound? Time Sounds to go good. shopping again. A $75 gift voucher can be yours from Green Life Soil Co. They're located in Middle Swan. Now, you must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. So with a motto of delivering a greener garden and a philosophy founded in permaculture, Green Life Soil Co. promote diversity, biodiversity, I should say, and sustainability. Now, I recommend the Green Life Soil Co. monthly newsletter because it has heaps of timely information. It's free. Just register online to become a member by going to greenlifesoil.com.au. And at Green Life, you can also get great advice for your garden through spring and this proposed hot summer that is uh, about to... Uh, place itself upon a saw, you can get a free pH test done on your saw. You must obviously take some soil samples with you. And they'll provide you with options to suit your goals and budget just remember at this time of the year they are very busy so it never hurts to simply ring ahead and make sure they've got availability to do that with you to do your soil testing uh, but you can browse their facebook page too for updates and they will also be open on monday between 8:30 to 2 p.m so they're closing a little bit earlier on monday because it's a public holiday but they are open between 8:30 to 2 p.m should you like to Go and have a look at all uh, that is on, on, on display there. Now, for your chance to win a $75 voucher from Green Life Soil Co., we have a true or false. True or false. If your Indian recipe says to use a gobi, is what you need a cauliflower? If your Indian recipe says to use a gobi, is what you need a cauliflower? Is that true or is that false? 94841927. Give Bev a call now. Okay, Fai where are we? We have got some emails
2: come in, Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I'm sorry, we didn't get to ask Grady about this email that we received just now. It's a pink kanzia and um, the the person who sent in the email have, hasn't put their name uh I've just had a look there's quite a few different kunzias so there is a, a prostrate form there's a Solomon's pink there's Micrantha, Capitata, Persian pink, eye there's quite a range so we'd need more information about perhaps the size of the plant for one thing um so sorry, we can't help with that. Also, from last week, uh, Susan in Safety Bay has sent us a photo of a mass that's on the ground and it does look like the dog's vomit. It does. Slime mold. It does look like um, that. If, if you'd seen it first on, Susan, uh, early on, it could have been a bright yellow and it spreads, then it goes uh, a peachy flesh colour and then ages to a, a much lighter beige colour where the spores start to disperse. So it does look very much like, like a slime mould and it's very good for the garden. Like slime moulds are not harmful at all, mm. um, very interesting in fact I find. And what about our mystery seeds? I know.
0: We need when, to talk about that.
2: When we got off air last week, we were sitting having a cup of coffee and a courier driver came to the door in a high beers jacket delivering uh, about a dozen packets of envelopes that were hand decorated. With garden seeds, dill, sunflowers, marigold, daisy, coriander, New Zealand spinach, parsley, ponytail, amaranth, mustard, and stock. What a delightful surprise! But we have no idea
0: where they came where, from, where they come they from, and
2: from. what we're supposed to do with them. Mm. So yeah, a, a lovely. So gift we need it we need our
0: mystery deliverer mm. to uh, give us a call and let us know. We'd love to say thank you properly, and uh, yeah. We're very thrilled to receive uh, that that package. We have a winner, Marion of Bayswater. You're very clever, Marion. I don't think everyone would have known that straight off. The question was uh, for the Green Life Soil Co-voucher, true or false, if your Indian recipe says to use a goby, is what you need a cauliflower? Yes, you do. You need a cauliflower, so it's true. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank John for that one. Now, let me see. Would you like this song that you would like to hear called There Is a Mountain. This goes back to our other quiz question for Bigger Trees. Personally, I think it's dreadful, but Faye would like to hear it. I I kind of quite like it. I wonder what everyone else thinks. Let's give it a whirl. Mm -hmm. It helps if you put your headphones on. So we would love to know what you think of that. (laughs) There is a mountain. Personally, I think it's a dreadful song. Faye likes it. There is a mountain and there isn't a mountain. You like the beat. Yeah. Uh, but when I listen to it, I think he's smoking something. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway. I, I like the butterfly
2: within. The,
0: yeah. The message. You like there. the wording, the lyric. <laughs> well, not all of it, but
2: yeah. Okay. I, you know, I don't always analyse things and I don't see it the way you see it until you
0: I'm an start. analyst. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Now, Maggie of Mandurah phoned in and she has a kaffir lime tree, which she does use in curries. Uh, you mentioned adding to biscuits. So she's wanting to know how do you prepare the leaves. Well, it's not our recipe, Maggie. It was uh, a recipe uh, done by our previous guest, Casey Lister. I mean, you could jump on her website if you like uh, by going to Casey Joy Lister. Lister is spelled L-I-S-T-E-R. Whether you chop or blend. Faye's eaten the biscuit and said there was no trace of any uh, leaf in the biscuit. So it would suggest that it's uh, been Because cup lime
2: leaves are are quite strong. So if you don't make them very fine, they can sort of be left behind in a a recipe. Yeah, definitely. Um, So yes, I would say they're either cut very fine, chopped or even blended. Mm. So uh, it's a secret recipe, but it's in Casey's book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go get it. All right, 94841927. What is the next, Fayakara? This email
2: has come uh, in from Jessica and she was at a country nursery looking at plants that they have because often they have different different plants and she came across a native standard uh, Grevillea Aussie Crawl. Now this is grafted onto a more than a metre stem and she'd like to know how to look after it. Well you you do have to be careful just like you do with with any plant but the the business end is high in the air so what you have to do you always have to look after the roots of anything that you plant uh, ensuring that they they don't dry out too much when they're being established uh, that that they get good nutrition and adequate moisture but certainly because this is a grafted standard you need to look after the top and it's a tall plant with a bit of weight. So you would stake it appropriately and I think initially uh, it does have a stake in the pot but this can wobble side by side until it establishes itself. So I would also add two more stakes either side of it and then you tie it off through the middle with something like a stocking or rubber, something that allows a little mm-hmm. bit of movement. Yeah. won't rub on the trunk until the base can be um, established. But just just be wary. And they, they're quite pricey. They're nearly $200 mm. for this plant. I really, um, really want one. Oh, well, yeah. It, mm. it can be heartbreaking If you've got the budget to do it, go for it. In my garden, I I just go for tougher, tougher things. I would just hate for it to be you know a branch falls from above and lands on it and boom that's it that's the end of you. weeping gorilla yes but you know certainly they're stunning they're they're feature plants you could even just leave it in a a lovely pot and put it in an area that's protected from winds yeah but gets good good amount of light sun
0: yeah okay now we're going to take a call from Kay shortly um let me see. Uh, Su- oh, we, we did cover that. Susan from Safety Bay, friend or foe. We're talking about the dog's vomit? Yes. Yeah, we so did that right before the We did last cover break. that, Susan, yeah. and uh, you've identified it as that's what you believe it to be? Yes. Dog's yes. vomit? Yeah. And it's, Felig- it's Felujo. And it's septicum? friendly. It is friend. Okay. Yes. So, all right, we've got that covered. Now, uh, we do have Kay online, or would you like to? Yes, let's go to Kay. Okay, here we go. We're in Port Kennedy. Kay, good morning. Hello, Ray. Hello, Fay. Hi, How Kay. How are you? How are you, girls? Yeah, Fabulous. we're fighting fit. Mm-hmm. That's good. So is Kay.
8: I'm fighting fit. Too. Good to hear. Good. I... <laughs> I rang about my kangaroo paws. The couple I got out the back are luscious and red and green. The two I got out the front, there's a little bit of greenery on the leaves, but the other leaves are a bit yellow. What's it lacking or what has Kay done wrong? Mm.
2: well, they're they're pretty forgiving. Uh, okay. certainly you could throw around like in the winter, like or in the past, we've had rains coming in. so i I like to use a cheap and effective palletize. Chicken manure, but okay. you can get specialist foods uh, for native plants that improve yeah, the soil told as you well. Can. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you you can get oh, there are some pellets, but there is also granular food. You also could use a liquid like um, a seaweed or a fish fertilizer. Okay. So okay.
8: I had a, I've got a little bottle of sea salt left. Can I use ah. that, or is that a no-no?
2: Yeah, use that as well. Um, that that can help green things up, and it also helps sort of activate the roots. And um, yeah, they should green up a bit. They've certainly sea has got trace elements in it, so it okay. adds to a plant's resistance, and yeah. probably will colour it up a bit. But I'd give okay. it a something with a bit more oomph, like a okay. Okay, because it's just in the garden
8: with little stones around it, but they have been growing really well. Mm. But the last few couple of years, I've noticed that they're not as good as I'd like them.
5: Oh. But
8: the two or three that broke off, I brought round the back and they're just
2: stuck. And you know you know what, Kay? As plants yes. get older, you know, we can cut them back to ground level, yes. but they, they bunch up and in the centre you get the older rhizomes So if you can split the clump, this is why your ones out the back are doing better. You've refreshed them and, you know, you've given them new cells. So your ones out the front probably need dividing. Whether you do that now or you just feed them and do that in autumn is up to you. But they will benefit. I
8: might just just feed them because autumn is, uh, what are we now, summer. Uh, Why,
2: Why do today what you can put off until next year? (laughs)
8: But I'd like to do it something today, Faye, because I'm going to be in the garden today. But I just wanted to know if there was anything in particular that was sort of lacking because when I went to get some manure, they said, oh, you're only for native plants, Kay. You only use native manure. And I'm thinking, well, okay,
2: but, you know, Uh, they're not growing. Yes and no, because kangaroo paws will will tolerate a lot they're not one of the sensitive natives so you could add blood and bone to it but the other thing Kay, you could get down there with your secateurs and cut out clean it out like, really yeah, go in hard. I
8: cleaned a lot of the dead bits mm. out that hadn't grown. Yeah, And that's when I managed to get a plump, a plump when I sort of dug with my little trail. Mm. And I thought, oh, this has got a couple of roots on this. Let's take this one. And then I went around the side of it and I got another one. And I thought, right, these are going out the back. Yes. So I planted them out the back and they're just stunning out the back. They're so green, so mm-hmm. red. Yeah. But unfortunately, my two at the front are just looking a little bit on the sad side.
2: Yeah. Give them some love. All right. Thank you, Faye. Nice to hear from you. You keep up your good work and your garden. <laughs> Thanks,
0: Kay. Good on you, <laughs> Kay. No worries. Bye. Okay. You. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, we'll return. Garden Radio. You're with Ray and Faye and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening, of which we have about 18 minutes of the program to go. So get your calls in. You've got 18 minutes left to speak to our gardening guru expert. She doesn't like being called any of those things, Faye Karam. What do you like to be called, (laughs) Um, just, I'm just a gardener. Just a gardener. Just a gardener. I'm a gardener too. Yeah. And uh, we're doing F today. Now, what what does that mean? Well, I,
2: I am just trying to give people ideas about what to do in their garden. Yeah. And as I wander around each week, I think about who needs love in the garden. And of course, one... One of the categories are ferns, so mm. a few weeks ago, I talked about how um, to bring them out of winter, I was giving everything some uh, seaweed fertiliser mm-hmm. and look look at the green ray yeah, like they're they're, beautiful. they've coloured up nicely, and this is ahead of feeding them. It's just helping the soil in the baskets come out of winter, giving them a good so, like I get the kiddies' pool and mix up the seaweed in water and just soak Dunk. the basket. Hmm. It's easy. It takes a bit of time, but yeah. really, you know, if you've got a bottle of stuff in the shed, get it out, get your watering can, get a big tub and go for it. Yeah. And then when you hang them up, the next thing to do is remove any damaged leaves, anything that's not growing well, uh, and turn the baskets around, rotate them. Now, having done some of that a couple of weeks ago what I will be doing now is just cleaning up the dead bits Mm. but also ahead of our high tea I have got a fertilizer that's very kind on ferns it's it's actually called polyfeed and it doesn't burn the ferns and this is something that we get through the fern society is that the blue granules um I think it's green now but it Mm -hmm. used to be pink and and a scoop in a watering can will just really give the plants a boost and encourage some new growth as well. Now, some of the ferns that we have, uh, I've got one here, it's a Ramora, and it's a, a very fine fern called Cleo. Now, this is a semi deciduous fern. So you get a lot more than your fair share of brown leaves in this one. Yeah. Um, But it leads me to the fact that there are also deciduous ferns. And if you bought one of those last year and put it in the garden, go out and check if it's still there. So I've got one and it's a painted fern. Mm. It's a bluey green with a burgundy Mm -hmm. and that's just popped back up now. Mm. So I will go out into the garden and I'll give that a special feed as well. So yeah, just turn them around, give them a cut back, check the basket. Do they need repotting? Um, and then there's, we've got one here called Blue Star, and it's got a beautiful yeah, blue that's a gray frond. foliage yeah. that mm. does very well in the garden. So that mm. will grow under the the dappled canopy of palm trees or any any trees in the garden. And this big one here, Ray, the the fronds get to about a meter. Mm. It is a climbing swamp fern and this actually climbs up my palm trees. So I have to go out there and and cut off the dead ones. And it's quite interesting how the fern fronds change when it goes from immature to mature and they start producing spores. The whole leaf changes shape and eventually once the spores are dispersed the, the frond becomes brown and I cut that away. So that's what to do in in the garden with baskets and ferns and there's also a couple here that have little feet on them one is called green grub and the actual rhizome he does it looks
0: like a green grub it
2: does look like a little caterpillar doesn't does, it does. green that's his rhizome that's the rhizome and it's it's a beautiful uh, lovely soft green leaf now this poor thing was not looking too good six months ago And I put it into the shade house, put it on the ground. It got regular watering and it's bounced back like you wouldn't believe. Maiden hairs can do that too. Like sometimes you might just cut the whole thing off at ground level or basket level, soak it in some some seaweed put it in the shade house and before you know it it's all come back i have a lot of time for
0: ferns Mm. they don't necessarily have a lot of time for me well
2: with your maiden hair ferns they like lime so Mm. one thing you can do is save your eggshells crush them up blend them if you like and then add water and pour them over your ferns they'll love it they love the Mm. eggshells
0: okay interesting we're in ocean reef carol thanks for waiting
3: Oh, it's fine. Um, good morning. I've just uh, got some blueberries and they're actually loaded in fruit. And i just wondering if you have to thin them out at all.
2: Ooh, after it has fruited, you will clean up the plant, remove anything that's crossing over, dying back, etc. Uh, I would just continue to feed it rather than thinning out the fruit, I think, Carol. Um, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. Okay. if you keep the that, nutrients up to thing. it, they sh- they should just grow up and be nice and big.
3: Yes, I just thought, you know, and there's some right little twigs that have got fruit and that on. Should I really take those ones out because, you know, they probably won't get larger? Uh,
2: you, can, you can decide by looking at it. If it has got fruit on it, if they can carry the weight of it, it will probably be all right. Um, how big are the fruits now um are oh, about pea size yeah i I wouldn't worry too much. I don't think there's much that you have to do if you do thin them out, you will get bigger fruit, but I mean if you if you did nothing, just wait for them to ripen and eat them,
3: okay, oh thank you very much for that because I wasn't quite sure what to do. <laughs> thank you.
2: You can't go wrong whether you.
0: Whatever you do, Carol. Oh,
2: thanks. Okay. Yep, en- good morning. Thank- Enjoy.
0: Thanks, Carol. Bye. Uh- and Rob of North Belga has phoned in and he said, can you please advise why his passion fruit are falling off the vine before they are ripe already? This is happening right now.
2: Oh, I wonder what sort of passion fruit they are. Yeah. Um, they do, they need the heat to to ripen. But what's happened to the vine? You know, sometimes environmental issues will cause sudden fruit drop. So a shock to the plant. I don't think we've had a weather effect that would cause them to drop off. Check for rats. Um, Have a look at if there is anything wrong with the actual fruit, like is the stalk still attached? Is it damaged? Is there any sign, for example, fruit trees, if they've been bitten by fruit fly, can cause them to drop. So inspect the fruit uh, and just make sure nothing adverse has happened. Yeah. Other than that, it's getting pretty close to the time where summer ripening passion fruit will have their vines cut back now. Mm -hmm. So you cut them back now by maybe a third, Mm -hmm. depending on the size of the plant. You give it a good feed. When it comes back um, you also mulch and keep the moisture up to it. When you get signs of flowers you add potash and if it's a summer flowering fruit it'll start producing the fruit. They'll ripen in the warmer months and
0: then you'll repeat next year. Hmm. Okay, good advice. Mm Alright, we'll be back. Curtain Radio in And you've got a few minutes left of Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. We have this gorgeous array of geraniums in front of us that Faye has uh, uh, laid out on the table, and Carol of Martin called in. Could you please repeat the crushed eggshells in water tip, please? Was it for worms?
2: It, no, it wasn't for worms, for but there's ferns. no reason why you couldn't put it in a worm farm or in yeah. your compost. Yeah. So basically you save your eggshells. They're full of calcium. Mm. Um, I, I think they help alkalinize, uh the soil a bit mm. in the case of um, maidenhair ferns. So just save them, crush them. You can puree, blend them, add water and pour them over your ferns or into your worm farm or into your compost or just onto your garden.
0: And could and, you just add a handful of calcium to your, your maidenhair fern? Is that an option as well or not?
2: Mm, possibly, but you have you do have to be careful. They maiden hair ferns can be very sensitive. Yeah. Um, that would be another tip and something that you not you don't just have
0: left over from the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a stunning maiden hair fern that was given to me, and it's as tough as an old boot. It it comes from Kalgoorlie. It comes uh-huh. from all the way from Kalgoorlie, and it's the toughest. Plant.
2: Oh, when you're potting, may I please have a little bit
0: of it? Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. yeah, it's it's an absolute ripper. Thanks to Margaret. Now today's program was brought to you by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery when buying six bags or more. Search Garden in a Bag. Okay. Now, do you want me to
2: tell you about my geraniums? I do. <laughs> this is one of my favourites, Ray. And there's a couple of cuttings here. It doesn't even flower but it's um, its beauty is in its variegation so it's a, a greenish color with white around the edges I think so I've it's got that. variegated mm. i I would have brought this in before and it just keeps dividing so it makes a beautiful border at the front of a garden and it's Pretty tough as well.
0: It is, it can handle the full sun. Mm. And, okay.
2: Another one for foliage colour is this limey green. I like that. It's growing as an understory of a strawberry guava, so it's not in full colour, but it will become more yellow. And that has a stunning apricot coral flower, which is just, just beautiful. And then I've got... Um, I think one is an apple blossom and another coral with a white centre. And then, you know, my favourites are the ivy geranium. Mm. And when I did my ferns, I also cut back the geraniums and did the same thing for them, gave them some seaweed. And the foliage on these has that just, just so come pretty. back beautifully. Because the little uh, flowers are like little buds. They're like little rose buds. They are. They're just mm. gorgeous. Now, these are one that I... Ahead of the high tea, we'll endeavour to get out and give them a liquid feed with a flowering and fruiting fertilizer. And of course, one of the old favourites is the big, big red, red, and that's just an amazing performer. You can't beat him. I did see when I was watering yesterday a little moth, and you can see this one has actually got a few holes in it. I've seen a few little um, moths around. The too. moths, you know, they're mm. like um, they're like as if they're doing acrobats with their Mm. wings just out and they're a geranium plume moth that target geraniums.
0: Mm. So they're laying eggs? Yes,
2: would be. And, of course, the eggs hatch out and the caterpillars eat the holes in the plants, so I just encourage them to go and live somewhere else. And what I do is... How do you do that? Well, I just flick them away. I don't worry too much about them because I've got birds flying all around the patio at the moment cleaning up the spiders and checking the plants for caterpillars for food for their young. But if I've got a leaf that's got holes in it, I remove that one leaf yeah. and monitor the rest. Yeah, for But, sure. you know, there's a little hole there and it's not a big deal. It doesn't really destroy the look of the plant. No,
0: not at all. Mm. All right, and so in wrapping up, let me see. We've got a couple of minutes to go. What do we need to... Be aware of what well. Do think?
2: I think in the garden at the moment, you know, even if you're not actually gardening, it's a good time to get out to to mow your lawns. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just mowed mine quite short. I've added a wetting agent with a combined fertilizer, and I've done the edges. So over the next couple of weeks, that should bounce back. Yeah. Um, I've checked the retic system, made sure that's working well. I've done a mountain of weeding.
0: You really um, have. I have mm. a question for you with weeding. Mm. Um, how how does one? How do you get all of the roots out? I mean, when you're weeding and you're yeah with your hands, my fingers hurt. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm digging have a, down into the ground. And no, tr-
2: I have a little trowel, and it's like a claw. Yeah, and I drag. Yep. and pull. But yep. you know, I've said before, if you mulch when you weed, mm. the the roots come out quite easily. The weed itself might be as tall as this desk mm, or a meter mm. tall. But I grab it at the neck where mm, it's at the ground mm. and I pull and it comes out quite
0: easily. But shorter weeds, how do you just with a trowel?
2: With the trowel and I disturb the soil and I am continuing to work at covering the ground
0: with plants. And so then you would mulch heavily over the top of the weeds.
2: I I would but I haven't. I'm just mm. going for gold on the weeding. Mm. Um and I've been doing quite a bit of pruning as well. So trimming things back into mm. shape mm. and you know, just taking it all in, looking at areas that I'm happy with or not happy with. Um and and then doing cleanup, you know, the pot that's out of place there and something there that's waiting, you know, like sorting everything and then going through and doing a blower vac and getting that after finish, that
0: photo finish. Well, I must say, I saw mm. some pictures of your garden during the week and I think it's looking the best I've ever seen it mm. in your pictures. So it's just amazing. So you're doing a mammoth job out there and a big work phase on acreage. It's no mean feat mm. for one lady to do all of this. So you really are.
2: I do delegate sometimes like. Last week, I was like, we're getting close to the deadline. These people coming for a high tea and the fence line weeds were a metre high. So I got the weed sprays in yesterday. Yeah. And, and I trust them to good move. I've left my run a bit late,
0: but still in the scheme of things, it's done. Yeah. Yeah, well done you. And thank you for this morning. Uh, It's been a great morning. I do wish people uh, a lovely long weekend. If you can get out in your garden, obviously do so. And the tips that we got today from Grady Brand about where you can go and look at wildflowers uh, Mm. all up our north coast, right down to the tip of our south coast. There's so many options out there. And also thanking Casey Lister, author and garden coach. She was very interesting to listen to this morning as well. The beautiful Bev Daring and... uh, not so beautiful, John Glidden. I'm just <laughs> teasing. I'm just teasing. He's a beautiful man and we'd be lost without him. He's got a heart of goal. I do like to play with everyone. Now, let me see. Jim Crinan sitting in the corner giggling. Uh, he's next with Classic 70s, am I right? Thumbs went up in the air, so two hours of fantastic music ahead of you. 12 noon we go country with Brendan T and Born in Boots. Now, my gardenism for the morning is I'd rather have roses on my table than diamonds on my neck. I like it. I want both. <laughs> Happy gardening, everybody. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.